Hello, friend. We are here to talk about the lost season of Tyrell Wellick and eat Swedish fish. Come with us. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. We are here. <laughs> season three, episode three, Mr. Robot to Legacy.so. Oh, nice. nice, chill, loaded. I'm your host, Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-M. We are full strength here as a panel. Starting with my immediate left with this hoodie up. Is this really happening? <laughs> and you guys can find me on all social media at Rick Hong, R-I-C-K-H-O-N-G. And to his left. Um, Leslie, you can catch me online at Leslie Thaface. I'm so ready to talk about Tyrell. <laughs> <laughs> and just how tight is the chinchilla's asshole? Um, follow me at JC Rubio TV on Twitter and Instagram. Where you'll see the screenshot of you Googling that. <laughs> that feels like something you would... You, if you had a second, you'd be like, I'm just curious. In my deep dive. What does the Google machine have on this? Yeah, I will OK Google that. <laughs> Let's see if it turns out. What's up, guys? Let's do this. You wouldn't ask Alexa, though. You wouldn't... <laughs> What? You you wouldn't ask Alexa? You think you'd ask Alexa? Well, I want to ask Alexa a lot of things, including what is it, the Daily 5-9? Well, the Daily 5-9 seems to be Frank Cody, who we saw intermittently since season, since season 2, episode 1. The Daily 5-9 seems to be his ex- exclusive content from him talking about the 5-9 hack as it pertains to this. And we'll get into, we'll get into him and how cool... How cool that, like, what he... What once felt like just kind of like a plant news guy became... Like, pretty much this awesome harbinger of things to come. We'll get right into it, but first we have to start with Tyrell on 5-9 with Elliot. They talk about stage two. This episode, I felt like all last season when I was missing Tyrell because I was like, why, where is he, where'd he go? And now it's like a present that we got. It was just like Tyrell all the time, all the answers that I was hoping for, Mm -hmm. filled in all the holes. I liked it. Okay, I you. appreciate it. I appreciate it, though. So you like the Walt Tyrell. Yes. Okay. I was split down the middle on this one. Really? What? Yeah. Okay, okay. Too, mu- too much time just hanging out? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. The reason being is I think a lot of critics were also the same way. Either you loved this episode or you hated it. Because mm-hmm. we, we took a step back, and I think in the overall arc of the, of the episode, I love how you guys are eating the Swedish fish. I mean. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, well. Irvings. You're my fellow Irvings. No, but the thing was, okay. It, this is the fill-in-the-blank episode. Mm-hmm. It gave you all the answers. But do you think we really needed those answers? Because I think we pretty much pieced everything together with the Reddit world, with everything. Yeah. Just we're, We dive, dive so deep in this that we've pretty much kind of had most of the clues solved. Now, it's, it, here's the thing. However, when you look back on the arc of the whole show... This episode gave it such more more, uh, more richness. You know what it is? I think you have a point. Maybe we didn't necessarily need to see it all, but I feel like it gave us much more insight than um, where was Tyrell, but who is he and like what kind of person he is. I felt like I got to know... Pers- person. Oh. Gosh. Person. <laughs> um, that he is and like, you know, and it's funny because it, this episode answered a lot of questions, but at the same time it raised a lot of questions as far as like, you know, what's wrong with him and like... <laughs> you know, why he has such devotion to Elliot. And at the same time, like, I'm curious about his childhood now and the stuff with his father. Like, I don't know. It just made me more interested in Tyrell I think as, as a, a person. As a character piece. Especially for a, a very crucial character that we haven't seen for the... Maj- like, we pretty much did not see him in season two. He was gone for 13 episodes. 
Like, so, so. so as a character piece, for a character this important, I find this very necessary. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do feel... In the now, as much as I like this episode, it wasn't as forward-moving as the other two have been. But that's to be expected. It was kind of a flashback episode. Well, couldn't they have done this? Couldn't they just spread this out throughout the season? A little, like, five minutes here, five minutes there, and, like, little flashbacks? Instead of devoting the whole entire episode. Not in season three. Okay. That would have have disappointed me. No, the good thing is, like, they they had two fast episodes. Okay, this is a little slow, but, again, he was gone for a whole season. So to dedicate one episode to him is fine. I look at very much like the episode um, in Breaking Bad, where you see Walter White... And they send him off to the cabin. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just want to see, like, what are they doing all day yeah. long? And, and then you're right, Leslie, in the terms of you kind of get more of an idea of who he is or what's mm-hmm. going on in his brain. And You're right. It's almost, and you're right, going with the first two episodes were so fast. In this episode, you kind of just breathe a little. Yeah. That's great. Okay. And and right, 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 right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pacing and I too. kind of followed the theme of the last episode, callback to the first season. You know, the episode picks back right, you know, the moment of the or the night of the hack. And, um, you know, they're at the arcade area and, you know, with the gun and the popcorn and that whole scene of, you know, did Elliot actually, you know, when we didn't know what happened, did he was he going to kill him? Did he mm-hmm. do something? And, you know, we saw the whole buildup with Mr. Robot and he actually shoots him. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Well, he actually like, pulls the trigger. I'm going to put everyone on the spot right now. Question. Do we think it was just a jammed gun, or do we think there's some type of, for lack of a better term, magic? Wait, I thought that that was cleared up in the episode. I mean, they said it was a jammed gun. Yeah, well, no, he said, Irving said it, Irving said it was a jammed gun. But is it coincidence, or was this... That's what I'm saying, On purpose, some kind of higher being... Okay, okay, if we're gonna go... Do we want to go there? You and I (laughs) were going there. Elliot, I mean, mean, Tyrell went there. He said, we're gods. Like, that was a moment of epiphany for him. And especially what we've been talking about with alternate universes. That's where we're going. We're in a simulation. Like, we can't ignore what they just told us in this scene. That's exactly where we're going. Because if you think about it, if there's multiple, let's say, multiple universes, multiple parallel universes, what happened in the other ones? Did he get? Did he kill him? And maybe there was a maybe there was a hundred different parallel universes, and ninety nine of them, he died. And in this one, he survived. Mm-hmm. I was just crazy that he actually pulled a trigger. I was just like, man. And then and then and then Tyrell like lets him do it again. Like he was so convinced in that moment of like what their purpose was, and it, I was just like, whoa, he's crazy. And I don't know where I read this, but now in where Irving, what he explained was actually that if he would have fired the gun again, mm-hmm. yeah. it would have blown up uh, in, your, in his hand. And it was Elliot that had the gun in his hand. If that mm-hmm. would have blown up in his hand, it's going to make the hacking a little bit harder for Elliot slash Mr. Robot. That makes sense. I, but I, yeah, but he also, still has his mind, though. But it was also point blank to the face that if the gun, if a gun jams and explodes in someone's hand, but it's point blank to their face, it's not going to do great things for correct their their brain or all the things that their their skull their skull protects. I guess what we found out most of all in that scene was of the value that right then and there. What I love the difference between Robot and Elliot mm-hmm. is that Elliot will really weigh out the options. He's he's got this guilt ridden conscience, and Mister Robot is like. 
pop. I know. He didn't even think twice. He ended up weighing the option later and then came to the conclusion that, okay, you know, mm-hmm. this is better moving forward with Tyrell. I have an ally. And then it ended up saving his butt later because when Mr. Elliot was going to destroy the whole thing, you know, he had such a loyal, you know, partner in Tyrell that Tyrell was able to shoot him and stop him at the end of mm-hmm. last season. Um, but you know what else this scene kind of brought to mind? That means that Mr. Robot's completely okay with killing. He will do it no thought. Oh, yeah. So that started making me um, question, like, what if he's also responsible for some of the other um, F Society's deaths? Like, we don't really know how they all die. Like, we assume it's Dark Army or whatever. But what if it was Mr. Robot? Like, he could have taken them out just as easily I as think it's. He... I think it's all but guaranteed one of them mm-hmm. would have to be Mr. Robot, and that's some type of reveal. Yeah. That's some type of reveal probably this season. So, it's like, he, he fired the gun way too easy. He's done before. I feel like he's killed someone that we don't know yet. Or that we don't know that it was him. I'd buy that. Yeah. Absolutely buy that. I also, in a very Fight Club style, I think there's a completely separate person with completely separate actions that they'll reveal those actions to us when they want to. I want to talk about Irving, though. Yeah. First off, Irving outside. <laughs> just, like, that brief moment of him just, like, it's another day at the office. Where he, he's just like, all right, we do a little monologue, and I tell him what's up. You, we leave with the thing. How's that Pontiac treating you? Like, just normal, like, like how you or I would talk about it, but you, and I, you or I are television hosts. World's he's... number one dad. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> did, did anyone else catch that still? Of, Absolutely. Of, like, dozens of cups all saying something completely different? <laughs> Fitting the occasion, because he's a chameleon. Yeah, he's a car salesman chameleon. I should know my dad's a car salesman. So, yeah, he fits in every occasion. So, who is the real Irving? That he's my he's my miss, he's my white rose this season. I think I find him the most intriguing. Mm-hmm. Bobby Cannavale is awesome too. Yeah. Well, he's and I was reading something today that was talking about how on paper this character could be like kind of on the nose for the um the wolf from uh-huh. pretty Pulp much Fiction. the wolf from Pulp Fiction, yeah. like Harvey he'd Keitel. Be, he'd be really on the nose as this Harvey Keitel cleaner kind of character, but played by Bobby, you're just like I, literally you handing you literally you handing someone Swedish fish. I'm in. And I, I watched the Verge's recap, and mm. they actually brought up the fact that originally they had brought in Wallace Shawn, who played Mr. Williams. On uh, the inconceivable as, man. Oh, man, as Irving. <laughs> Love oh, him here. wow. You know, I liked how Wallace Shawn looked like the mask. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was thinking of Jim Carrey's mask. No, no, I'm no, thinking the of Mr. Monop- yeah. <laughs> Carey. No, I like that. <laughs> I was actually thinking of the mask with Cher in it, but uh, <laughs> Eric Stoltz. Well, I feel like this episode, I mean, I still think Irving's an, uh, a fun character, quirky, but if anything, I felt like it made him less intriguing because he's just a dude and he's just doing his job and, you know, he'll say what he needs to say to, you know, um, get mm. Tyrell on board and to, like, move things forward. He handles business, but I, I don't feel like he's, I don't think there's much else there. Like, you know, with White Rose, I feel like there's all these layers of things that we don't know. And I feel like Irving kind of, for as much as he will say whatever to, like, um, get what's done, he's still kind of a straight shooter. Like, I feel like I get it. This is his job. This is what he... I don't think he's in it for, like, some kind of higher purpose or some kind of calling, like, White Rose or Tyrell. He's just a dude doing his job. So I felt like, you know, this episode kind of, like, I was like, okay, you're cool, but I'm not, like, intrigued with him. I feel like he's just there. I see. I don't. I don't see. I don't know about layers. I think he's he's like a stick of dynamite. We're just seeing that fuse just being lit, and we're just waiting. We're waiting. It's going. And at some point, when they want to deliver who he really is, I think it's just going to go bang. I do agree. I think he's. I think so. I think he's too smart to just be a soldier in this army. 
I think there's something more to him. Mm. But I also think whatever we're seeing right now is a tip of an iceberg that I don't I don't want to speculate. He seems to be writing a novel called The Beach The Beach Towel. Yeah. And he was watching that season of and Big Brother. Listening which, to Gore Vidal's like Death to a Salesman or whatever that thing was, or Death to something. I don't know. He just I don't feel like he's gonna be special, but we'll see. I you know, you, man, I just don't think you can, especially with Sam Esmail, I don't think that you can bring in someone like Bobby Cannavale, like that type of an actor, into a role just to have him just kind of be meh. I mean, he's not meh. I think he's interesting. I just don't think he's going to be that deep, but we'll see. Um, I could see it either way. Or I could see the depth being his lack of depth, if you if you will. <laughs> that his depth being like, no, this is where I fit into the world. I'm a, It's a, like, to quote Frank Cody, like, are you a zero or are you a one? I'm a one. I'm being a one. I know where I fit in. I'm not the top line of code, but I'm a one in the line of code. I know exactly where I fall in line. I live my life. I, I can I can pretty much see the whole situation and go through how I want to go through. I think I think there'd be I think there'd be some elegance in that simplicity. Um, so when he picks up Tyrell, um, you know, it doesn't really seem like he has much option. He kind of has to give him his keys, his phone, and go with them. But they kind of also um, make it clear that they could have possibly stopped um, Elliot from getting arrested as well. But that happened too quickly. And he, so Tyrell ends up going to this ranch or, you know, I don't know, this pastoral place. And then Elliot lands in jail. I'm going to get on a limb and say it's New Jersey. Only because if it were Kentucky, the cop would have talked more. The cop would have sounded more like this. <laughs> he would have, he would have had a little bit. Of or he's just a bad actor. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. he would have. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He would have been like, oh, I agree man, with you. I need a selfie with you. Like, I he would have sounded that different. kind of stereotypical. I'm sure not everyone in Kentucky talks that way. I agree, but if <laughs> if a show based in New York is in Kentucky for one episode, everyone's going to talk that way. And by everyone, I mean the one character he runs into mm. would, at the very least, sound like this. Just a very light touch. I thought it was funny that he wanted, like, a selfie, and he was really excited when he picked him up. I was like, aw. Well, when you get, like, what, I mean, that's like getting Ted Kaczynski, like, the Unabomber, essentially. Getting the most wanted man in the world. Well, yeah, they were saying that... I mean, but would you want a selfie with the Unabomber? No, but he would he would keep that maybe within the brotherhood of of just his department. This is what got him promoted. This is what got him... I'm asking you guys, would you guys want a selfie? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So he's no. kind of weird. I'm just saying according, to, according to the character. Well, yeah. and also the Unabomber doesn't live in the Unabomber didn't live in our time. Where our time we like I we idolize celebrity to a point that I think I think if there were a Tyrell Wellick, it we would see it more like our Kardashian. Oh, but you know what I mean. But you know what I mean that we idolize celebrities to a point that we that's just how we that we commodify. People on the TV. This Shout is out great. To <laughs> Leslie Darling. Alicia Darling. Alicia Darling. <laughs> he was probably in Southern Jersey. Oh there my we gosh. go. Don't hate on Kentucky Ace Sky Night. That's go. great. There we go. So everyone's everyone's satisfied. Maybe okay. more of a Snowden. I don't know because I mean, um, I would get a I would get a selfie with Edward Snowden. Okay. But Snowden's but Snowden's different though. He he. He's a whistleblower. He's closer than the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) They're not looking for Snowden. They know exactly where he is. Wow, this is interesting. Jay Becker brought something up, which I'm a complete. I hate to say this, I'm opposite end with you. He was shocked, or she was shocked, about finding out that the FBI agent being a part of it. I wasn't surprised by that. That wasn't huge. That wasn't huge to me. I feel like they have plants everywhere. I was shocked. I was shocked. I was actually actually kind of surprised. That actually makes way more sense. Why Dom had such a hard time all of season two getting anywhere on the. Dark Army, where I was like, oh, that makes more sense. I I would rather think the FBI is dirty than inept. 
everyone except for Dom is just inept and doesn't care. We're like, oh, cool, they're dirty. At least they're actively making a choice to be inept. Well, he, 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 I thought they kind of were just pushing that all along. It was almost too obvious, I thought, throughout season two, especially after China when he wasn't there for the shootout. <laughs> and he just seemed like he was just kind of maybe throwing Dom off the trail slightly and he's still pushing the pressure. Did that, that's just what I felt the whole time. So for me, it really wasn't a surprise. I, I don't know why that... And it's... And coming from a show full of surprises, this was the only one I kind of kind of was clued in. It on. just made sense to me. Yeah. By the way, speaking of that scene where he, um, you know, thinks he's about to get transferred to the FBI, my gosh, homie broke his thumb. Like to straight up, I was like, damn, that's this commitment, dope. though. I mean, it didn't. I didn't end up yeah, helping in that situation. Yeah, desperation. I was just like, because shit. <laughs> <laughs> also, on the FBI point, I think part of the reason this was shocking to a lot of us is that we didn't follow the FBI as a whole for mm-hmm. season two. We followed That's Dom. True. We, like, very exclusively followed Dom through her trials and tribulations trying to take down the Dark Army and figure out five, the 5-9 five, hack while an FBI agent. And all the roadblocks she hit were through her perspective. So for Santiago to get turned, to us, was very much like, yeah, I guess that... Yeah. Like, that, I, I'm, I wasn't incredibly shocked, but I was like, oh... I didn't think of that. And there was a bit of a little meta moment, I thought. I picked up with Santiago when he was talking, I believe it was Irving. And he said, you guys got to give me a damn math problem just so I can find out his hang <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of our, our lives week to week after watching the show. <laughs> you know, but also, um, I think someone mentioned it. It was, oh, what's, what, is the, what are the ramifications now that we know that Santiago is working for Black Army? What does that mean for Tyrell's son? You know, from last week. Because mm. remember, he wanted to give him up to social services. So basically, he's going to have an eye on, on Tyrell's kid for the rest of, the, for the rest of his life. Dangle, dangling in front of him, say, hey, by the way, I know where your, where your kid is. It's, that's a good point. So that was a, a big point, I feel like, that they pointed it out in this episode, was Tyrell, like, watching the baby cam video of his son. And I feel like there's a theme, and I don't know what it means, but, like, there's a theme of, like, fatherhood here. So, like, with Elliot and Mr. Robot. And, again, you know... By the way, I want to go back to that line of questioning that that guy had with Tyrell because that was an intense scene. But he asks him about his father and how he hates him. And now, you know, Tyrell watching his son. Obviously, we know that Joanne is dead, but his son's still out there. So I feel like there's this recurring theme of, like, fatherhood and, like, that relationship. I don't know where it's going, but I just feel like that's something that's still prevalent. That theme was super heavy in this episode. Specifically, also, that scene was inconceivable. Wallace Shawn nailed Wallace it. Wallace Shawn, the actor. I don't know if we got a character name for him, but uh, Mr. Williams. Mr. Williams. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, with the t- uh, the teapot, like just like going off during the whole thing. Oh, yeah. the, the scene it was itself. Was... The scene was incredible. It reminded me, and a lot of people mentioned it on the subreddit. There was a scene in a movie called The Master. Oh yeah, that mm. it was. Uh, Phil, oh, Philip yep. Seymour Hoffman and um, Joaquin Phoenix. Thank you. Where it was a loosely veiled, yeah, a loosely veiled Scientology film. Like, a film about Scientology, very loosely veiled. And, like, it was very down to the nose of just, like, keep a- like keep asking the exact same question over and over until, like, your, line, your, your mind deceives you and, like, all this very... It was, it's a good scene. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> Not a great I movie, a but... themes together. I didn't... Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> in the line of questioning, I was just like, what are the right answers? Like, what, are, what exactly are they looking for for, like... Because it was clearly a test, I felt like, from, like, White Rose and... Right. I, I think, guess he almost failed it, but then he passed at the end. I think they were looking for loyalty to the Dark Army, 
but then they settled on loyalty to Elliot. Yeah. I think that was my reading of the scene, because after that scene, he got access to a computer. He was actually trusted with stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny about that scene? A cult member, I'm a nerd. I ended up watching it a few times. I paused it, and there was a question when he asked, do you love your wife? Mm. And he said, of course. He said, yes, I do. But if you look at the ledger, it's an X. Mm, so yeah. it, it, was he? Was he? Were they trying to imply that he was lying, or the fact that he said yes that would create just, a, you know, just that's not the answer they want for loyalty to the Dark Army. Also, do you love you? Well, I think the first question was, "Have you ever cheated on your wife?" Right. He said yes. Do you love your wife? Yes. And well, I think he said the no ex, first, and then he said. But yes. like at a, at a certain sequence, it happened that way where he was like, "Do you love your wife? Do you have you cheated on your wife? Yes. No. No. I forgive me for interrupt. No, no, it was please. actually. Did you have you have you slept with someone else? I believe it. Have you slept and have you cheated on your yeah. wife? Which were mm-hmm. both two different and oh. two different questions. Yeah. Because if you cheated, if he was doing it to oh, you're right. Then yes, to make it up the corporate ladder and what he whatever he had to do with Sharon Knowles and with the IT with yeah, yeah. the receptionist. Because he said he slept with other people, but he doesn't yes. consider that cheating. That's weird. Right. He yeah, was that, never unloyal. Because he's a wife. swinger, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Austin, calm down. Probably sending him out to do it to get the stuff done. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. If she's yeah, if she's saying it's okay to do, or she's yeah, she clearly knows and she has a she's approved it, so that's not cheating. Yeah. Also, during that um, conversation, um, the guy says something about it's called um, well, Red Wheelbarrow, and yep. it was Elliot's request. Yep. So I thought that was kind of interesting because I was like, hmm. Well, cause I believe Red Wheelbarrow is based on a poem that had been often mentioned. In but have this we seen series. that? Like, have we seen him yeah. make that request, or was that Mr. Robot? No, we've seen. I don't think anyway. That was just yeah, something yeah. of no because I was like, mm, I don't remember um, if that's something that we've seen or if that's something they're telling us. And what does it mean? I, I was so many to, puzzles. In well, this I, was, show. <laughs> I think I was jaded to know that that would be important because like there was a red wheelbarrow in San Diego Comic Con. They gave away a shirt. Like I was like, oh, well, they wouldn't do this if it was one episode. But all like, of us went there. <clears throat> so I'm like trying to like, what does it mean? Anyway, you know one thing, and I, forgive me for backtracking, but I think there's something we should touch upon with Black um, with Dark Army. Yes, the way they're they they're controlling everything in and out. If you think about it, with Santiago, they're they're controlling everything, all the information that's coming in and coming out down to. Are we going to talk about Frank Cody, or was that what, what we were? Frank we were Cody's on White Rose. Okay, so, so we're we'll going to dark, we'll stay with Dark Army. But just they're in, it, it, they almost seem invincible in a sense because they know what's coming in and coming out. They're playing every side. Mm-hmm. So, I would honestly argue Elliot is the only. Is the only wild card when it comes to the Dark Army. Mm-hmm. Like, I think as as powerful as we want to think Dom is, she's not that powerful. Like, she's only a cog in this wheel. Mm-hmm. She's seen what she's allowed to be, what she's yeah. allowed to say. Um, no, I think they're very all-seeing. Yeah. <laughs> they're very all-seeing, and it makes the, makes the stakes very higher for Elliot to try and stop them. But I'm, I'm still waiting for the chink in the armor. Yeah, last week we maybe saw one with White Rose when he ordered um, the when he ordered the stage two mm-hmm. because he based that out of emotion and not out of the plan, and that's maybe the one the one time I've seen White Rose deviate from putting emotion in it, and that's that's the, that's the only time I've ever seen weakness overall in Dark Army and White Rose. So that that's just a concern for me. It's just the big baddie. I just want to see some chinks in the armor. Hopefully, we get them next week. But you're right. Like this episode, especially. This episode's unfair because we're seeing, like, their compound. Like, we're seeing them actually go down, like, handle all the stuff. Whereas, like, yeah, I guess next week we're going to have to start to see some weakness. 
Um, and then there was that interaction with um, with Cisco and Darlene, and then he kind of seems like, you know, oh, this guy just loves her. He just wants to get away from it all. But then, like two seconds later, it's like, well, no, he's actually playing her. This is all. He's still. I mean, I guess working for Dark Army, or well, you think they made it very clear that he, no, he was an asset for Dark Army. Right. The, the, like he he doesn't. He doesn't but now work. there's like you know she's like his job. Mm-hmm. Right. But the the problem was Irving even warned him about that. He said you know this is still this is just a job. He wanted to get out. He fell in love with the Mark, and that's mistake number one. Yep. Yeah. Which happen which happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like movies or shows that we've seen that just kind of by, the little by trope, nature. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that might have even led to why they killed him. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. No. That's exactly why. Because yeah. even Irving said you know she's protected. You're not. I do want to talk about Leon, though. Yeah. Love that scene. He was like, I got to, got to, got to shoot, on, shoot some white supremacists, though. That was a really cool scene. Like, and, and Irving's just like, uh. And again, that's why he kind of almost seemed like taken aback by it a bit. So that's why I was like, this guy's just a guy. Like, you know, he's not. But anyway, that was, that was funny. He was like, I don't really like killing anyone, but I'm okay with that. That's cool. I dig it. So do we know what he's in there for? I don't think we ever found out what Leon's in there for. Not yet, no. Mm. Uh, I don't think so. He seemed... I don't know, it didn't... We're not going to see him out anytime soon, I don't think. Who, Leon? Leon. Well, he was out at the end of season two, when he ran into uh, Trenton and Mobley at the Phoenix... I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. yeah. Phoenix, uh, Never mind. Uh, fries. Never yeah. mind. He's out. Yeah, he's also, out. quick backtrack. In the scene with Darlene and Cisco, um, they had like an overhead shot of all of the benches mm-hmm. that they were at, and they were red, and they weren't arranged straight. Like, I felt like they were very deliberately not arranged. I don't know what it means again. I, I just write down these things because I want to know later what they mean. So if anyone has ideas... We're Man, I must have watched the episode again now. Every time I see things like, and you could tell that they're arranged very particularly, I'm like, what is the clue? Well, anyway, the f- were they red? They were red. Yes. Okay, see, whenever whenever we see red, I know that's supposedly like a marker that dangers dangers around within. The okay, show. okay, yeah. mm-hmm. I like that. I dig it. So let's get into probably what made headlines this morning: mm. the White Rose Trump stuff. We'll talk about all the White Rose yeah. stuff, but let's start with the White Rose Trump. Oh my goodness! Well, um, it was interesting that to see White Rose and <laughs> I just I loved like where he was staying because you see all the different bodyguards. Yeah, all the different bodyguards there, and and just I was like, wow. I mean, he he can't even like just kind of just be able to relax without having all these like different people. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, and it seemed like he was like in a pretty secluded place. It didn't seem like he was in. Well, it's his private island. Yeah, <laughs> it's his... so it's but and it's interesting. <laughs> that's what I'm saying to have like all those guys just. Standing around while he's watching the TV. Yeah. I really like this, that the show's just going there. They're basically alluding that, you know, Wright Rose is going to be behind Trump's election. He called him a puppet. He's mm-hmm. going to be the perfect person that he'll eventually be able to control, even though he's, at this point in the in the timeline, they're like, oh, it's well, still completely t- unbelievable that it's someone five, like nine, Trump could get elected. At that 5-9-15, I remember that distinctly. That was right around the Republican debate, or a little before the Republican debate in summer of 2015. But at that point, it was still kind of inconceivable that he could win. Completely inconceivable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was, I think the moment the moment that was always telling for me about, like, the people versus the, the experts in this was the, the first debate in summer of 2015, the Republican debate. Donald Trump comes out. He, he was boisterous. He was boisterous. He was rude. He would interrupt people. He would scream. He would yell. He, was, himself, all, he was himself, basically. And then, all the, and then all the analysts said... Yeah, he didn't have a great showing. 
he didn't go very, like, it didn't go very well. And then it wasn't until the polls the next day that he had overwhelming Republican support and that never actually died. That was 2016, though. No, it was 2015. Summer 2016, he was campaigning as Republican nominee for oh, okay. president. All right. There, on Fox News. Correct. You're right. On Fox News. Like, because that was the same summer as season one of the show. Mm-hmm. So they did a very good job, timeline-wise, of... White Rose picking a horse very, very early. And we know mm-hmm. how much Esmo loves Trump. If you've ever read his Twitter feed, <laughs> he just goes at him like 24-7. So this was his, his jab and connecting him, basically calling White Rose similar to maybe like Putin. Yeah, no, yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking the exact same thing. Foreign exactly. interference, yep. Um, and then I also thought that scene was interesting because, um, and I, I I don't know the other guy's name that's Brent. working for him, but he was like, you got to start learning English if you're going to... Um, stay on this project and then obviously we saw in the previous episode that he's already got I don't know I just, he's like he's speaking like, English he's yeah. learning English like, that was pretty quick though I'm like hey yeah here's a note a, <laughs> now a ramification with uh, Cody and White Rose's meeting so basically uh, Frank Cody is Alex Jones and what he's doing his, he has great influence over many mm-hmm. and what I I want to go back to season two when Gideon was murdered was that because of Frank Cody oh because Frank Cody, you know, was it because of Cody or was it because of just um, the Dark Army or Elliot? I, I don't know. It, it made me think of the ramifications of putting Cody in that position of starting to, starting to push things a certain way. And these people like Gideon, Gideon outed, I believe it was, he, called, he contacted the FBI. Mm-hmm. So was it, sorry, I'm getting so confused. No worries. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, it's trying to keep the characters and the, and the situations so straight. I, I meant to say, since Gideon contacted the FBI, so the hit was put on by the... I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I think Dark Army hit him. Okay. Is my thought. It's still my thought. I don't think... I don't think Frank Cody would get his hands dirty Oh, like now that. I'm just reminded that that was sad when he died. I like that character. Guy, I liked Gideon a lot. Um, I would also... I would also think if Frank Cody had any, had any problems, it would probably be with... Ah, never mind. I was about to make a Rush Limbaugh joke, and I was like, that's mm. not lateral. I was like, maybe with painkillers. Stay I'm like, on target. Stay on target. If, if Frank Cody is Alex Jones. Then. I did like the rabbit chair, though, I will say, in the room. Yes. Was that like a little, <laughs> what's that, what does that mean? I think white it, rabbit, white yeah, like, like Yeah, like Alice in Wonderland. Down the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, down the rabbit hole, yep. Okay. But we got this flashback of White Rose. Uh, we know Frank Cody's a big deal now. And those of you who have Alexa... You're probably well aware how big a deal because he's on your Alexa now. Did you play it? Did you? I, I didn't did get you, to did, it. You, did you get it? I didn't get it. I didn't get an Echo Dot. I have a Fire TV. So you didn't get that thing that you were supposed to get that you were promised. No. Re- remember, like, yeah, okay. No, I think no. I was <laughs> never promised it. I. It was one of those eCoin perks that you can only like you would get if you got if you clicked it at like the right second. Of Damn the day. it, man. Um. Let's head to the. Let's tie up all loose ends here. Elliot winds up at the. Like it was something hell. Like it came out to be like new hell or you you are in hell or like the name of the hotel he was staying at literally worked. Oh no out. no 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 no! It was you mean the Fukin Hotel, which would be. I mean, I can. I mean, I can say F the word hell. You mean yeah, Tyrell yeah. ends up there, which yeah, is hilarious. Won- which was okay. hilarious. Tyrell ends up there, shaves his beard. I, I, I kind of love that because the whole episode, more and more, he becomes like this really rugged, crazy looking hacker dude chopping up wood and then just staying all the rest of the day in front of the laptop. Stark contrast to the man we've always known. And then he comes back to his like original prime, fully shaved. He's like, I need my suit. This was a demand he wasn't going to budge on. I, I think because I think it's also 
I like that. It is a way that he's always presenting himself to to Elliot. Like, it's like a persona. Like, this is how I always present myself to you. So he can't be seen in something else when he's meeting Elliot, who he apparently has either that fascination or he mm-hmm. puts him on a pedestal. So he's just like, I need to be at my best when I'm talking to Elliot. Can we take a second? Like, what is the root behind this devotion to Elliot? I'm just like, more and more, I'm just like, why? Um, like, because, okay, so in the first season, we saw them meet, right? Unless that wasn't the first time, but, you know, assume that that's the yeah. first time they met. And then later, we see Tyrell interacting with Mr. Robot, and they're already on the same page somehow. But, like, where, at what point is this, like, and that's why, like, some, I think some of the comments said, like, maybe they're, like, Lost Song's brothers, or somehow related, but... I there's like some kind of thing that's like joining them together and I'm just like really curious to see what that is because it's like a real it's it's a lo- it's a really strong loyalty and I'm like where is this coming from It's probably it's it's to me it's some version sorry to cut you off no, it, to me it's like a version of like an admiration because Tyrell is the type of guy that worked inside the system worked inside the system mm-hmm. built himself up he had a plan he knew like okay this is where i want to be inside the system elliot was never that guy but he took out a lot of different things was able to like defunct the system mm-hmm. you know especially the corporation so i think it's going to add like an admiration of like wow this guy i was on a certain pa- pa- like path and plan i had to sleep with this person i had to like get rid of that person elliot just did it just being brilliant yeah, I mean, this whole episode just showed how Elliot is Tyrell's world. Like, he's like, where is he? Where is he? When he got a phone call that mm-hmm. we saw in the middle of last season, that was, like, everything to him. And then, like, him getting the suit, he was like, I want to look a certain way from him. And then in the meantime, Elliot's just, like, oblivious <laughs> to all of this. He felt, you you know, the scene where they, they're showing him, like, getting surgery after he got shot. And Tyrell's, like, completely choked up mm-hmm. talking to Angela which we got to see a little bit this episode like yeah. he's like what's going on he didn't even know me um, <laughs> didn't need to see all that guts I was all about actually, those guts actually <laughs> you know what because I was trying to think why are they showing these guts and I feel like um, I'm, and, and, and someone pointed this out online like it's like they're trying to show us that he is human yep He's not. He's not a robot. I don't he's know. He's not a literal robot. Yeah, like there's. I'm sure that there's guts another, in there. There's like, squishiness. And that's a cool scene. Yeah. By itself, like actually going into someone's guts and pulling out a bullet, like that's a cool scene. But it's also a slight nod to like there are some people out there who are like so. So he's just a robot, right? <laughs> Where at yeah. the very least, like if he does turn out to be a robot, as you say, it's not quite as simple as yeah. It's so not quite as simple as like, dude, so he could he could crazy be, he could be he's an automaton. He's not a human. He could be a bishop. Also, for all the people who still thought that maybe Tyrell isn't real, I feel like this episode just solidified that he completely is real because you know how I don't know. I, I know for a while I was thinking in the first or second season maybe he isn't even real since Mr. Robot's not real. Um, they have to make up his wife though. Um, well. But it's not impossible, I know. Um, but you know, with him talking to Angela, like he said, I wasn't real. I don't know. It was, I felt like that was a way of being like, okay, no, putting this to rest. He's a real person, and but then there's he's the... not just a figment of Elliot's right, head. I actually have two answers to your question over what the connection is. The one, the first one is very simple and saying that just like anyone, you're looking for meaning, mm-hmm. and I'm sure at some point, Mr. Robot comes off as all knowing, all powerful, and it's the same reason people join cults. It's like, oh my god, this guy knows everything, I know nothing, I'm gonna just follow him. Life will be simpler, because he knows I don't, great. He talked about it in season one with Johanna. With yep. Johanna, and he told her where he met God. Yep. So my, he, he's gone from mm-hmm. one worship, worship, worshiping Johanna to worshiping Elliot. My second explanation is a crazy one, which is... 
Tyrell eventually lived through another universe, came back to our universe, and is Mr. Robot. And that's the connection. Like, I said there was a crazy Oh, one. my gosh. <laughs> Rick is Morty. I don't hate that <laughs> what? idea. What are you talking about? I actually kind of dig that idea a little because I feel like that would play along with the whole father-son yep. devotion theme. So maybe. Okay. It's a straw. I so so, so, Tyre- so Tyrell, is, Tyrell is Jesus and Ellie is God? Or? No, flip them. Flip them? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, no, but how about, no, but how about the gem that you were just talking about where... Sorry, I don't mean to no, cut please. in on you, but like where you're saying that she has to explain to Tyrell mm-hmm. why is he acting so weird? You know, that's now like that's, it, it kind of borders on the conversation we had last week about who knows about Mr. Robot and who doesn't know about Mr. Robot. So now at some point we're, we're figuring out that he does mm-hmm. or he's being clued in that Elliot's not just Elliot, but Elliot is Elliot and then Mr. Robot. I think that's just important. Very important. If I were Tyrell, I would like to know that information. I mean, it's cool. So Angela knows that. Um, Angela knows. Tyrell knows. Darlene knows. Darlene knows. Darlene knows. Darlene and knows. Um, Irving knows, I'm guessing. He's Irving picked will, it up, Irving maybe? Irving will have likely been told. Irving will have likely been told. Does White Rose know? Or care? I'm sure White Rose knows. If White Rose doesn't know, it's because White Rose doesn't didn't care to know. Is my thought. And I, I think for, at this point, at this point in the narrative... For narrative um, motion, White Rose shouldn't know. I mean, at the same time, too, like one thing because even White Rose is two people. Yeah, that's true. So White Rose could know. I have a feeling White Rose knows. I think. I think. I think. I think so too. I think it would be. I think it would be helpful for narrative narrative motion if that's the one thing that White Rose doesn't really see and understand is that Elliot is actually two people. I'm standing by that. I think that's a good theory. How how would that how would he not have access to that information after he just pretty much pulled everything out of Angela's brain? He pulled everything out of all these people. That's what I'm saying. I I just don't see. I don't that. have great I, answers. I, I, I would think love it's that. a great theory. I would love that because that's a chink. You know that yeah, chink yeah. that I'm looking for. But yeah, I, I just think <laughs> that's probably not it. Oh chink, man, chink in the armor. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting though. I mean, to a degree, then is it? Does he really care? Or does he not care? Because White Rose, like I said, White Rose is two people too. He's a guy and he's a woman, or White Rose is a man and a woman. So I'm someone's just like, I wonder if White Rose just accepts it to say, yeah, like I'm two people. He wants to be two people. Great, as long as we get to our purpose. I don't know if Elliot wants to be two people. It's obviously different. Um, I just feel like there's. You know, White Rose is very you know meticulous. It's like always five steps ahead. I just I feel it's like just a matter of which personality you can you control to get to where you want to. Yeah. Be. Okay. Um. Trying to think. I think we covered everything in the episode so far. Like, um, Tyrell chopped a lot of wood. Tyrell did chop a lot of wood. He really liked. Is... He didn't like the sweetest fish, but he liked the sunglasses. Of course. Maybe because when he looks at Elliot, it's like looking into the sun. I don't know. I... No, I'm just like. I think it's sunny in South Jersey and he needed sunglasses. I don't think there's there more to that. There has to be a deeper meaning. I, I don't think there's really like, just like yeah, randomly like up. sunglasses. No, Sam Esmail. Everything everything means something, I, I think. I think that one just meant he needed his, his like the sun was bright and he needed to not. He was excited about them. It. He was really excited about the sunglasses. Like, like when he gets excited about Elliot. You know, coupling off what Rick said a few moments, a few minutes ago about, um, about, Tyrell getting in the suit and whatnot, but he was almost nervous, almost like a first date. Yeah. If you notice that, 
And I, I just find that peculiar. So is it a brotherly love? Is it more than that? Is it hero worship? That's the kind of stuff that I, I you know, I, I want to find out more. Yeah. You know, this episode was it was great, not my all time favorite, but you know, I just. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on just a little bit quick off of you. I'm gonna go on a like a real stretch. We kind of have to on tonight's this episode for a second because so we were we were talking about the questions, Mm -hmm. the X's and the O's, and we're talking about the questions and have you ever cheated? So like one of the things that did pop in my mind is when he's like, "Yes," I'm thinking like you know sometimes people talk about physical cheating and then there's emotional cheating and that's like one of the things that popped in my brain though was when that question was brought up have you ever cheated and we were having this discussion in my brain i was thinking maybe his version of also saying that have i ever cheated is because he has like that weird love for elliot so maybe that's another reason why he said yes as opposed to like a physical and actual physical cheating Mm, possibly Sorry, Leslie, yeah, I cut you off. Sorry. No, but I think that's a good point. I was going to say, I felt like this whole episode, again, you saw his devotion to Elliot and how nervous and excited he was to see him. And then, up until the moment they get into the cab, he goes back to almost playing this, like, cool, calm guy, like, oh, you know, this is where we're going. And Elliot's just looking at him like, what the heck? You're alive. I I don't know anything that's going on. I just think that's funny. It goes back to, like, you saw him, like you said, almost nervous. And then right up until the moment where, game face on, I'm back to, like, you know, cool Tyrell, who's in control, who's gonna mind fuck you or whatever. How you doing? It's it's like us, you know. It's like it's like <laughs> us right before we go right before we go on. You know, we're all like, <sighs> and they're like, "Hey, welcome to After Buzz <laughs> TV. Like, you watch it." No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, you, that so was you're, cool. So you're saying he's he's putting putting on a mask? Oh, oh snap! And, and that he's a robot, <laughs> and that Rick is Morty, and they're in a multiverse. <laughs> Well, speaking of masks, really quick, which is something brilliant from Sam Espinel, and I've got to look to see how old this guy is, but if you watch the scene with the cartoon, that is from the cartoon Mask from the 1980s, which at some point will be revived here as a movie some, at some point in time in a big multi-universe from Hasbro, but I love that, because you had the two guys in the mask sitting on the couch, and then they're watching the TV show Mask. <laughs> That's awesome. I also love how they... Um... They gave the Dark Army people, like, tiny chunks like that Pontiac or, like, they're watching TV or, like, they actually gave, they're not just, like, mindless henchmen. They're like, no, these are just, this is their job. They're dudes. They're just dudes. They have interests. They're dudes. They have guns. They hang out. They hang out in those masks (laughs) and then watch TV. That's a good point you touched upon. It seems like there's even a little bit more humor this season than the second season. You know, because we have Irving. Irving is, he he gives us all our little comedic moments. But now we have Dark Army, the little chuckles with the henchmen and whatnot. So it's good to see, giving us that little contrast, you know, because it's so heavy, heavy, heavy. Mm -hmm. And Uh sprinkling the the Irving, Bobby Cannavale, just... A little more jokes. Yeah, so, I feel like, and that's going to be what I think his main device this season will be. So his purpose. We're there. Are we ready to officially go there? That's a good prediction. Prediction. I have a couple of. Thoughts. Now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Your thoughts before we. They weren't predictions, but okay. can I just say also, as much as I do enjoy watching Tyrell, I did miss Elliot this episode. I don't know. I was like, I. I he was there. <laughs> Very little. This is how much, you know, I really like Elliot and Rami Malek. I was like, oh, I miss him. So when I saw the previews for next week, I was excited. Next week lo- looks pretty packed full of, yeah. like, forward motion. Yeah. Because this week, predictions are hard this week because we didn't, we learned a lot, but we didn't actually move. Back. We didn't move forward yeah. at all. And we pretty much knew that, like, this episode was going to be very, where did mm-hmm, Tyrell mm-hmm. go heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think phase, oh, sorry, what do we think stage two is? 
I still don't know. Well, stage two is the, it's supposedly the blowing up of the mm. building, right? I, but to answer the question about moving the story forward, just off of, it's so funny, we can almost base an episode off of the trailer for next week. Because basically they're moving forward. Um, Darlene wants wants to pull Elliot out from what I from what I saw in the previews. He want, and even Elliot's thinking about coming out. And then Angela is looking for options. And I don't know if that means options for Elliot or options for White Rose because yeah. she knows the whole plan or she knows part of what what White Rose has told her thus far. So that's what I find really interesting for next week. Um, I'm just gonna run it down a little. I think Darlene Bales like goes upstate somewhere, uh, Jersey. Further. I think she would have to go much further if she really, really wanted to bail and try. Which actually made downstate, right? But Yes. Next um, week we get to see how Trenton and Mobley die. That's, that's according from the artist. I would actually like to see that. And again, I, I think that's going to, we're going to see that Mr. Robot maybe might have. Oh, uh, someone one. actually brought this up in the chat. I believe it was the artist. The spelled with, it, with a three, not an E. Um, that... At the time, hypothetically, that, that the, uh, Trenton and Mobley were murdered, that it had to be the Dark Perhaps. Army because Elliot was in prison. Was It was said in the chat. We'll see. Maybe not. They also seem to have a lot of power over that prison that I wouldn't be shocked if they could literally furlough him out and have him kill somebody and come back, but that would be a bit of a stretch. They're the Dark Army. They can kill people. No, but see, Miranda Haynes just said, nah, Leon said how killing is not really his thing. Yeah. He, so he needs a bigger reason well I don't know it's not his thing but that doesn't mean he hasn't done it and it means it doesn't mean he can't be told that he must do it yeah yeah mm-hmm. my, my prediction like, it, I don't know if it's a prediction necessarily but what, I, what I'd like to see is how everybody starts dealing with Elliot now that he's kind of been outed you know Angela, Darlene, Tyrell, how they talk to him differently or how they either have to manipulate Elliot versus Mr. Robot, Mm -hmm. or are we just going to see a lot more Mr. Robot in terms of them trying to get this plan plan off the ground? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's the only one. He is the one that needs the the plan to keep moving forward, and you see that in the trailer for next week. He's the only one from the snippets they give us. Yeah, and... Because at any point, yeah, we didn't see up until that Tyrell has actually had a conversation with Mr. Robot. Yeah, he's he, always had a con- no, but not but knowing that that's Mr. Robot and not Elliot. That's what I'm saying. True. So like, I'd like to see what happens. Sorry, I have to see what happens that way. Okay. Um, not really a prediction, but sort of something I'm still hoping. I wanted to see a little bit of Joanna this episode because it was going to be Tyrell episode and we didn't really end up getting to see any of it. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping at some point this season we still get some kind of flashback as to her motivation behind the whole TV appearance. That's just my own thing. But then also I want to see more of um, Karen, the therapist, because, I don't know, I just... I like Karen. I feel like we may have gotten enough of her this season that we might not see a whole lot. Oh, no. I got to see more. So that's just me that I'm hoping for. Because you would, you would think she'd follow up, but I think she's scared. You'd think she'd follow up about the Mr. Robot stuff last week, but I think she's scared. I think she won't touch it. I think I, I want to see more intrigued. of the dog. That's it. I want to see more of Flipper. Nah, I'll pass on that. <laughs> and okay. It was a Sky Knight in the chat who said that Elliot was in prison. Huh. Not the artist. Although the artist had a lot of good stuff. We're gonna, I'm going to shout out some people from the chat. Yeah. The artist, Jay Becker, Miranda Haynes. Leisha, darling. What's something funny to say? Go for it. Uh, yeah, those are those are all the names I can see in the chat right this second. Thank you all so much for joining us live in the chat. Do we have any more predictions before we head on out? Yeah, not at all. I think we're I think we're in a good place. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just I'm excited. excited for next week. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. I'm already ready for the next episode. Usually, I have to like take a few days off, mm. you know, get my film, just read some poetry. And now <laughs> I'm just I'm ready for. Let's go. Unsubscribe to that subreddit. Yeah. Like. yeah, but like you said, this episode really was kind of more of a, a reflection back. So now we're gonna start okay. taking the steps forward. Great. So JC, where can the people find you? You can find me on the Instagram and the Twitter at JCRubioTV. And actually, next week, I'm not going to be here, guys, but oh, no. I'll be in uh-huh. Vegas at the SEMA show. So if any Vegas what? automotive fans or Mr. Robot fans, come on by and let's chat robot. <laughs> All right, cool. And I'm Leslie. You can catch me online at Leslita Face, Twitter and Instagram. And you guys can find me on all social media at Rick Hong, R-I-C-K-H-O-N-G. And hey, let us know, how many Mr. Robots do you think you're going to see on Halloween? So many. How many sexy, how many sexy Mr. Robots are you going to see? I this is the real question. Yeah, sure. I think we're all hoping to see a lot. I'm Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I also do a vlog. It's thesoberyear.com. It's where I'm going weeks without drinking. I just completed week 19. That's a thing I'm doing. Um, but for everyone here at AfterBuzz TV... Thank you, and good night, friend. Catch you later. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Swedish Fish. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 